You're listening to the keynote speeches from our Melbourne Podcasters live event series. These are recorded at the events live and feature the best podcast professionals in Australia who reveal the craft and techniques of creating a successful show. I'm your host, Adam Jaffrey, Strategy Director at Wavelength Creative, and today's topic is how to help your podcast stand out, specifically in the crowded comedy podcast category. Featuring our keynote speaker, Dave Zwolenski, who is co-host of the hit show, We Fact Up. I guess the first thing I want to ask, Dave, tell me how you got started with this show. Tell us the story behind We Fact Up. So, for those few of you who haven't heard We Fact Up, um, it's a it's a comedy factual podcast. So, there's, it's comedy intertwined with facts. And the premise of it is how much would you know without the help of the internet? So, we like the idea that uh, knowledge these days is so easily accessible. Or I shouldn't say we like that idea, but that idea, we like the idea of taking that and then saying, right, if you didn't have your phone on you all times, what could you, what could just come out of your brain without realizing that you even knew that information? Could you work things out by logic and, you know, having funny conversations and trying to kind of, you know, figure it out for yourself. So the way it all started was my best mate and, and I, his name's Red with two D's. He likes to add a second D for some reason. About two years ago, we were at a pub and we were having a chat. And it was, I honestly can't remember what we were talking about. Let's assume it was like, what kind of dinosaur is the Diplodocus or something silly like that. And straight away, everyone started Googling the answer. And both of us go like, God, this sucks. Like we love just chatting because it's fun and it's silly. And you know, you get, you're having beers. It's a great night out. And everyone Googled it and straight away told us the answer. And we went, great. Thanks for ruining the fun of the night. You know, appreciate it. I mean, wouldn't that be a fun podcast if you just you just couldn't do that. You couldn't bring your phone out and you just talk. And then eventually you Google at the end, like test yourself. And it was just sort of a funny chat between us. And I, and then red said, I said something like we would be so bad at that. We would, we that up, you know, that we up. And he said, we fact up. And I was like, that's a pretty good title. <laughs> that's not bad. We could roll with this. So we, we did roll with it and we basically went, all right, so Red's kind of guy who'll just say stuff and go, that's a fun idea. And I think a lot of people do that, you know, just that's an idea. Okay. And then move on to the next thing. But I'm kind of more like if something stays with me, if I wake up the next day and it stays with me, I'm like, Ooh, I should probably try to do that. Or if it's a week later or a month later, if it passes the hangover test the next day, and so, yeah, I went, all right, well, what would it take to actually make this show? And we started talking to the guys at Omni studio. So Omni, is, if you guys probably all know Omni, great podcasting platform, highly recommend them. Not just good CMS and everything, but they're actually just like great people. Um, and, Matt Saracini, who worked there as head of content, he, I said, this is what we want to do. How could we, you know, what could, how would we bring this to life? And he said, why don't you come into our studio? It's just like a room with two microphones and just start recording and see where it goes. So we came up with five questions and I only remember one of them. One was, how do you build a dam? <laughs> if you ever thought about how you'd build a dam with, cause it's a weird thing, like water. And then like, how did the, just the dam get, get there, you know? So <laughs> like, it's confusing. You're like, yep, yeah, well, that, how did they that put is weird. So, you know, so, and you start thinking, and you're like, what? And so we came in and started doing the podcast, and we actually like blew our own minds with how stupid we were. Cause we were like, do they dive down into the dam with like cement blocks and then scuba divers just start building it up? All kinds of weird theories, right? And we looked it up. Turns out they actually dig a side, um, like river and or a side 
dam, I guess, put all the water into that. Then when that's drained, they build the dam and then put it all back in. And we went, that's pretty interesting, right? We listened to it back and it was awful. We were like, this sucks. There was a lot of weird pauses and just, it just, we weren't sure what, whose role was what. And was I the anchor or was he the anchor? Each episode he'd say, the, you know, welcome to We Fucked Up. And then I'd say it and I'm like, no, nah, this doesn't work. So we did, we listened to five and we were like, I don't think we can, I don't think we can release these. And we realized that we needed a third co-host and we thought that that would help. I just want to drill into some things as, as you're telling the story because I think there's some good lessons to learn. Firstly, um, you said you recorded five episodes before you released anything and you and you, you didn't like them. You canned them. You threw them out. Yep. So you recorded a whole bunch of pilot episodes that you actually never used. Yep. Why? Well, it, they just weren't good enough in our opinion and it was the two of us. So we just felt like if we're going to do this, make it as good as we can it doesn't have to be perfect like we knew that probably it wouldn't be great but i think you know when it's just not right if it's just not completely working so we just thought look maybe a third person would be good and it was very kind of just two two old mates trying having old jokes and so that kind of was our reason and i and we and we sent it to friends and they said the same thing they were like yeah you know it's okay but it feels like it needs maybe a feminine touch or you know something better than just you two and that that's interesting because when you send uh things that you make can be a podcast or something else to friends of yours they're generally very supportive because they're friends and they don't want to tell you that your thing is yeah. shit yeah uh, and so if your friends are telling you that it's not good enough really they're saying this sucks like yeah <laughs> it's like they sugarcoated a lot yeah, right that's true um, yeah, that's and true. so and so like you have to be conscious of the diplomatic nature that they have and take a, a a hard look at all right well like maybe it's not like the worst thing in the world but we do need to do some work on this to make it better that's a really good point i think if a friend gives you feedback assume it's 10 times worse than the feedback they've given you that them just saying anything negative is really brave of them to tell you and you go great thank you i'm gonna think about that and i think also because we we knew it as well we were like yes we agree with you so what happened then was quite weird so after that i was like oh i really wanted to do this podcast but the two of us don't work had a few friends we thought about, but then we're like, nah, she doesn't work. She's not in the country. She's, you know, and then Red, typical, like this is his personality over my personality. He went, let's just go to the pub and it'll work itself out. And I was like, what? Like we've been friends for 20 years and you think that it'll just, we'll go to the pub. I'm trying to find people that's not going to work. It's a dumb plan. And no joke, like that Friday we went to the pub and we bumped into an old friend of ours called Hannah who hadn't seen for like two years and she's, she was amazing. And we had this amazing chat just about weird, silly stuff and, you know, for like four hours. And then she left and we both looked at each other and we're like, Hannah, it's Hannah. And Red's like, I told you, <laughs> we just go to the pub. <laughs> it would work itself out. So he was right on that one. Um, and so what happened was we asked Hannah if she'd be on the show. She came on the show and she was amazing. And it just all worked. We were having fun. She brought this really great dynamic to the, to the whole um, show. And uh, she basically, as soon as we got her in the room and we recorded the next pilot, we just, we knew and we showed a few friends and they're like, we love Hannah, Hannah's great. And weirdly, she, she's a teacher who works, you know, works with young, young people, I guess most teachers do, but she wasn't in the media world. Like she wasn't uh, trying to be a radio personality or whatever. She was just great to talk to. And I think that was interesting that we found her without really, you know, trying to look in those areas. So she came on board. We loved doing the show and we did one a week for ages, like 50 episodes over a year or something or a bit over a year. And then sadly, she, well, probably good for these people, but sadly for us, she had to go to, she had to leave to go to South Australia to do a teaching placement. I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt again. Yeah, please. That's a nice, a nice cliffhanger to, uh, to, to, to leave us on. But can I just rewind the clock a tiny bit? 
I want to understand why you think the show was so much better with Hannah than without. Because you kind of right. just glazed over that oh, bit. Okay. And I think that's a really key, um, a key lesson point where, you know, you were struggling to make the format work with Reading and yourself. Um, but then you brought another person on. Why was Hannah the right person? And what changed about the dynamic between you three? Oh, good question. Okay, let me think about this. I think fundamentally we were aware that two white dudes in a room being funny or trying to be funny, let me emphasize trying, is like the most done format in comedy ever, right? It's two guys who think they're hilarious and other people might think that maybe over a beer they're funny, but they're they're probably not that funny, especially at the start of trying to make a podcast, right? And we were brutally honest with ourselves and we just listened to it and we were like, oh, we're not as funny as we thought we were. I mean, and maybe when we're out having a beer and stuff, it's pretty, but when you've got a microphone, you're in a room, you're trying to make something, we weren't as funny. And then Hannah came on board and I guess we immediately realized like she, we could be sort of funny and she would be the, the sort of um, the heart of the show. Like you cared about Hannah, weirdly. Like you listen to her go like, I kind of want the guys to stop being funny and or trying to be funny and just hear Hannah's views on things and what she thinks and how she is, is processing this. And what's ironic about it is she would then be very funny without meaning to be because she's just naturally curious and, and her timing is really good and she was just great. So I think being critical, being self-aware, being honest and saying, you know, is this a show just for us? If so, whatever, just do it. Who cares? No, we kind of wanted the show to be entertaining for people as well. Well, let's get someone else to come on and be part of the show. Hannah moved to South Australia in a tiny little remote town called Ernabella where she became a proper teacher and is teaching Indigenous kids to this day in the, in the outback of Australia. And we were like, that's awesome for you and awful for us, you know, like, thanks very much for not considering the needs of us, us guys. But we were very supportive. And at first she just went for a few months. So we thought, well, maybe we can just do the show while you're there. And we got a Zencaster microphone and we tried to, to do it two-way and it just didn't work because of the timing. There was a delay, it would drop out. And within five minutes of trying to do it, we were like, oh, this is just, you know, we felt like we were forcing it. So what happened then was we kind of said, we want to keep this show going. We don't want to stop it. How do we keep it going without Hannah? And the kind of the brainstorm came to, well, we just get a revolving door of guests to come on. That seems tough because, you know, like we, I knew some comedy guys, some comedy people from just connection stuff, but not a lot. But I was like, I think I could maybe get one a week. You know, we do two, if we do two on a weekend, then we'll get guys to come in, we'll do them back to back and then we'll do one a week. And we did. So we said, right, we'll just get some comedy people to come on. They came on, Hannah came back for a bit and we went, this is great. And then she went, I have to go officially. And like I said, she's, so she, she went away for a few months. Now she's there for good. But the kind of challenge that we were faced with Hannah leaving has now become like a pivotal part of the show is getting that third person on, getting a guest on. And we, from there, went, we forced, it forced our hand to try to find a guest that could come on, you know, every week. So immediately I was like, okay, this person's done an open mic night. Technically they're a comedian. Let's get them on. You know, this person is doing improv comedy. You know, we can get them on. And from there they were like, hey, I know Tommy Little. Do you want Tommy Little? Come on. Oh, call Tommy. Yeah. You know, he came on legend you know and then you go hey we had tommy little on do you want to come you know and the next person um probably from there who was the next kind of one that had a bit of a name uh i can't remember the order but basically uh oh sorry before this we got dr carl cruz nikki which was amazing that was a big win and that was literally from emailing and nothing came back so i tweeted and he wrote back saying my email is blocked 
uh, or like clogged up. Can you call me? So I called him, told him the idea of the show. And I said, look, we, we try to come up with the answer. And then we, at the end, we Google it. And he goes, but how do you know the Google is right? And we're like, we don't care. We just want an answer. You know, if you're at the pub and you Google it, you know, you're not going to go like, wait a minute, we need to, you know, peer review and fact check it. And he was appalled. So you're just spreading misinformation. And we're like, kind of, that's kind of the show. But he didn't come on your show because he liked the idea. He came on the show to prove you guys wrong. Uh, I, look, I think he liked our, 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 our guts. I think he liked that we had reached yeah. our, our, our chutzpah. That was a joke, say. by the way. Oh, sorry, I missed Maybe it. Maybe my timing wasn't right. <laughs> that's all right. I think because you're right, the show, you know, he probably didn't like the concept. Um but yeah, he just, I think he just want. you know, I think people do want to help you when you're starting out these things. If you're passionate and you love what you do and you've got this idea and then, it, and also I think our show does capture the imagination a little bit. People hear it and go, well, how much would I know without the help of the internet? You know, that's a really good question. And they almost want to challenge themselves. Dr. Carl was the opposite in that he became our Google. Most people that come on and they try to help us with the answer, whereas he tried, he was like, Instead of Googling at the end, we would just say, hey, Dr. Carl, what do you think about this? And he'd give us the answer. But we just kind of found ways to put guests in in different capacities. We even, one episode, we just called up to order a pizza and we asked the lady on the phone, why do they call New York the Big Apple? That was our question. And she gave it her best shot to answer it. She's like, well, maybe it's shaped like an apple. I don't know. And we were like, that'll do. That's an answer. So we kind of, you know, finding ways to get a third person on. I kind of digressed here. We got, after Tommy Little, Reese Darby, we got on, which was the guy from Flight of the Concords, and Murray from Flight of the Concords. And then from there, it was like Arj Barker. I think Arj came on first. We had Hamish Blake, Andy Lee have just come on. Um, I'm trying to think who else we've had. There's been a few other bigger names. Tell me the story of getting Reese Darby on the show. Okay, so Reese Darby, we love, and we, we had Arj on, and we were like, wouldn't it be cool if we could get Jermaine Clement, you know, um, the other guys from Flight of the Concords, and Reese Darby? And I. Did a bit of research on the other guys, but Reese, I managed to find a website of Reese Darby and it was his management site. And I was like, okay, cool, it's his management site. And then I started to look through the management site and realized his wife is his manager and this was their website together. And she wrote this really lovely story about how they met and he was working as a, um, like a dress-up waiter, you know, this fit, funny, like a comedy waiter. And she was, I think, working at the bar of this, of this cafe, this bar that they, they run. They met, they fell in love, and then um, from from there he got on Father Concords, and they sort of now she kind of does his his management right. And I was like, that's such a cute story. So I emailed her and said, I love your story of how you guys met. I didn't know that, and it's really fascinating. Where do we do this show that I think Reese would be great at because he's so funny and he does improv? Do you think he would be up for you know a, a chat with us, twenty minutes or something? And she wrote back like, and I I can't remember the wording, but it sounded like she was just very impressed that we had you know found a website read the story you know i liked what that they had met and stuff and i honestly think she called her husband and said this nice young boy has reached out to me and you are going to do an interview with him because we called him in between his promotion in la for trolls you know that movie trolls that he was promoting and and apparently we were like it was like abc was before us and like nbc was after us and then we just had and they were like five minute interviews and he did 15 minute 15 20 minutes with us and the question was what was the great emu war of 1932 all about 
And he fully went into He made jokes about it being when New Zealand invaded Australia and it didn't work out so well. So the emus just put their heads in the sand. And, and I honestly reckon he did the interview and just at the end just went, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, but you know what? It was, probably what, the most fu- it was probably the most fun interview he's done in a while because he, could, he got to go off script and he didn't have to be like on the talking points. And- exactly. And at the end, we were like, so what about Trolls? And he's like, oh, yeah, Trolls is coming out too. You should see it. So, <laughs> yeah. so I think you're right, though. I think he really – I liked, he liked the concepts. His wife probably liked the concept. And the concept itself is what – honestly is what gets us through the door with a lot of people because they just go like, geez, I haven't thought of that. You know, how much would I know? Um, and I think people like the challenge, you know? So you pivoted the show from uh, having, you know, three co-hosts to having a revolving door of guests. And there's some great stories about how you got some people on. You really, like, hustled hard to make some of those those happen, which I think is maybe something that uh, a lot of people don't realise when they're studying a podcast, that you can't just chuck an email out and, and hope that someone will say yes you, you really have to jump on the phone mm. um, and do a bit of research on them you know like find out some stuff and just separate yourself from everybody else but I, you mentioned something there about you know the format of the show was something that's done really well for you to draw people in um, I know at the start of this chat you talked about you know Red just coming up with the name we fucked up just randomly at the pub but how did you kind of refine the show format to make because you know tonight's topic is really about standing out in the comedy podcast space Mm. how did you refine the the format of the show I guess the dynamic between yourself and Red and also the guests how did that all kind of come together yeah okay again it sort of went back to being real brutally honest with ourselves in the edit every episode early on was edited a lot like to the point where I would take out ums and ahs and breaths sometime. Maybe not breaths because it sounds sounds weird. But like certain – we could talk for two minutes and, and and even in the room we're like, this is – I don't even know what we're saying anymore. And I would just listen back and go, get rid of that. That sucks. If it was a – we recorded for 30 minutes but 15 minutes was no good, I'd say let's just put out a 15-minute one. That's a key point though. I think a lot of people say we record a half-hour show. We have to put out a half-hour. No way. Don't. Don't ever put out a full raw show, I don't reckon. Even now, and I think we've really found our groove and we are, you know, most shows are really like bang, bang, bang. St- I still edit. I, I, pro- I edit way less. Um, and But in saying that, some days we come in and one of us is just not feeling good or tired and you try and you go, you get half, three quarters of the way through and you know, well, we should finish this episode at least, even though we're not great. And then I just go, right, I'll, there's still chunks that I'll cut out. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, people listening, you know, they want a good, fun experience. And if it sounds dumb to you or dull or slow, it will be slower to them because you, you, at least you have, you're engaged with yourself. You, you go like, I've got, I've got an, you know, a reason to listen. Other people just go like, unless it's either making me laugh, making me think, Give me a new fact, which is what we try to put in there. Why would I listen, you know? That one sentence that you just said there, which you tried to cruise past, I think is really pertinent. You said... What did I say? <laughs> you said, unless it's making me laugh, yeah. making me think or telling me a new fact, then it's got to go. Um, yeah. And so I, I think actually that, and I might even rephrase that to, to be a little bit more broad, just beyond a comedy show, but unless it's making me laugh, unless it's making me think, you know, so I'm learning something or unless I'm being entertained in some way, then like it's not worth listening to. It's not worth producing. You have to have one of those three elements. We had Timbo Reid from um, the Small Business Big Marketing Show here and um, one of our live events earlier on. And he talked about learning something, telling a story or having a laugh. Those were kind of his three elements. And so, you know, I think it's really important that, you know, you can talk a lot and there's a lot of waffle and particularly early on when you're starting a show, you're maybe not a good 
voice talent. If you're not trained in that space, um, you're not a good interviewer. Um, you're not a good interviewee. And, and so you need to edit all of those things to one of those three kind of criteria. Otherwise, you're just putting out stuff that is kind of same, same, and people will not be interested. Yeah, you're right. That's kind of what it is. And I also think don't be too self-indulgent. You know, like you might think it's hilarious and that sometimes that's okay. Like if you think it's hilarious, then put it out there. But, you know, honestly, is this just two, two people, three people who have, the, have a shared sense of humor because they know each other for so long? Or is it genuinely funny to people, you know? Same thing with learning stuff. Is this, is, is this something that's interesting to just me or is my audience, even if it's niche, are they going to be interested by it in some way? And I do think that's a hard, like, you know, the litmus test on what that, actually, what that is is tough to figure out. But you sort of have to, to to hone your show and make it better, you know. Um, even now when I listen to the show, there's points where I'm just like, oh, that was, you know, that was even at 30 seconds was boring. That was enough for me to almost stop listening because it's, it's us. So I'm cutting that 30 seconds out, you know. You just be honest with yourself. And the other thing you talked about editing before, um, I think it's actually really important, particularly if you're just starting a podcast, to edit it yourself rather than sending it off to someone else to edit. Yes, definitely. Whilst everybody's busy and it's good to outsource things and a lot of people talk about outsourcing, you mentioned something there that you edit the show less now than you did in the beginning. And my hunch there is that you're getting better as a talent on the show. And so the only reason that you're able to say the word um less and have all these awkward words and crutch words and, and you know strange moments is because you're actually listening back and editing it yourself and you realize oh shit, I said the word um 20 times in 30 seconds. And so I need to train myself to be better over time. Yeah, I can't stress that enough. And I actually have realized, we were chatting about this earlier, my co-host Red doesn't edit. I mean, he's, a, he's just like having a bit of fun, right? Which is great because I think he's very, very funny, much funnier than me. Um, he doesn't get to listen to the raw stuff. So I send him the final episode and he goes, God, we sound great. We sound so much better than we sounded in the room. It's so <laughs> he thinks he's a rock star. Like, we didn't even take a breath. It was great. And I'm like, don't, like, don't even, you know, like don't, don't. And then I, so every now and again, I just, cause we, we talk on Facebook with Dropbox and stuff and I just send him bits where he's just made a mess of a meal, you know, where he's just stumbled like nine times or, you know, can't a monster. A I'm just like, you need to know the pain that I've gone through. Just imagine this times, you know, another 45 minutes sometimes, you know what I mean? So don't drag him down with you. That's a, I do have to not drag him down cause he's, he's just wants to have fun. So I'm like, <laughs> I'll do the heavy lifting. You just keep being funny and we're fine. So, yeah, but I do think, I actually think you're right though. It is good to hear it. And that's why I think Red, my, my co-host should hear it sometimes just because it's like, yeah, we're not, we're never perfect. Like never, even the stuff that's like, I'm always like, I think we can do better. I think we can do better. I think we can do better. So even the stuff that I think is funny, I'm like, how can we kind of go one step further? Like, would it have been funnier if we kept that joke going or if we pulled it back or, you know, whatever. And we, we have heaps of fun doing ours because it is just silly conversations. And we make sure that if we're having fun, we think the audience will have fun. That's like a big part of our show. Um, something I should add too, I just realized is that we sometimes now we don't get a guest on and we have, but we were lucky enough because we, we um, got signed up to a network about eight months ago, which has been amazing. And they provided us with a producer. The producer now became part of the show. He does the panel operating um, and he also does um, the research at the end. He goes, I've already Googled it for you guys and here's the answer. And so we can play off of him. And his name's James Blake and he's 22 or something and he's just like a whiz kid radio genius guy. So shout out to James Blake if he's listening. We call him Martine on the show though because we wanted a French flavor. <laughs> <laughs> we felt like two Aussie white guys is just a bit, you know, it's been on the nose. Tell me about some of the challenges you've had in building and growing this show. 
There's been a lot. I think that, and and I, there's been a lot, and I also think that we have been lucky too. Like I, I imagine other people probably could have even more than we had. But basically, the start was fun and great, and it was like cool. This, this collective process, and then as you go on, you realize it's work. It's every week or fortnight. You're you're recording, depending on your show. You're you're researching, you're recording, you're then listening, you're editing, you're then trying to get feedback, and then you're uploading, and then you're trying to market it and push it, and you're like, oh god, do I? I've signed up for this, I suppose. And so we had this notion at the start that. We didn't think on our own we could market this. We could spend enough time marketing it and Twitter and Facebook and promoting it. So we said, what if our goal was instead of just trying to build our own audience, we make a really good show, a show that we're proud of, that we think is tight and solid, and then try to get it in front of some networks and maybe that'll help us along. That was really our goal, which I think is a, like, I think it's a valid goal to have if you just go like, maybe I can get this in front of someone someday. You know? um, and so along the way, trying to do that, you're going, right, why are we doing this? You're getting a few hundred listeners or something at first and you're like, Jesus, is anyone out there listening? And so we we went through a phase where we, we were basically like, I think maybe we should can this. This is too much time, too much effort. You know, the listeners aren't, we get it. We had a good, like our audience, our small audience were engaged. They'd send us questions, they chat and all that. But we just were like, how do we keep marketing this, right? And pretty much at the point we were having that conversation, which I think was like a year and a half in, of like, do you think we should keep going? Almost like that week, we got a call from a network saying, we love the show. We think you guys' banter is great. We think it could you know, be really good on the network. We'd like to sign you up. And we were just like, Whoa, okay, we were about to pull the pin. So the challenge to keep going that far and then to get the feedback that they like our show and that they want it and that they'll, they'll now help us out, that was amazing. And so I think the challenge was to keep going. What did you learn from that experience? Oh, a few things. One that... You just never know. Like you just don't know what's around the corner. You don't know who the one person that's listened to it might be the head of a network, you know? And I think for us, turns out that we, like the week before another network called us and wanted to sign us up, they're a US platform and they had heard it because it got put on iTunes, the iTunes US homepage, which is huge. So our numbers went crazy that week and that's human curated. So we're like, okay, someone's listened to it, liked it, put it on iTunes US And now someone's heard it on the iTunes US and contacted me and wanted us on the network. So this idea that you could be going for a year, a year and a half and just thinking no one cares, you know, it's like, it's like a tiny, tiny niche podcast. And then bam, like that guy calls up and wants to do a chat. And then this, this network thinks we're good and, you know, and, and wants to get us on board. So I think just the idea, you, you keep going for as long as you still enjoy it. But if there's some challenges, go a little bit further. Like, don't just quit as soon as you just go, this is hard. I think fundamentally, if you stop enjoying it, stop doing it. Because we've never stopped enjoying it. There's been a few weeks where I'm like, oh, God, I've got no time this week. And it's like the question, I don't even know what the question is. And maybe, you know, the only time we can record is a Friday night after a week of work. And I'm like, why are we doing this? But it's so rare because usually we, we try to do it on a Saturday morning. We have breakfast, we have a chat, we have a laugh, we record, you know, and it's usually fun. So yeah, I'd say keep going for as long as you're enjoying it. If you're not enjoying it, do something else. You don't have to give up podcasting. Come up with a new concept, come up with a new idea, find a new person to host with, you know, like if you love the medium, I love the medium and I love making it. So I just want to keep making it. It's nice now that it's getting more, more listens than it was. Yeah. So that's one, that was one hurdle. Obviously Hannah leaving was another big hurdle Like you lose your host. And we were like, well, 
it didn't work with two of us. How's it going to, and it worked with three. How's it now going to work with two of us again? And then it was just going, right, well, let's brainstorm. What do we do? How do we, let's problem solve. And then we, we came up with the guests, getting the guests on. That was a hurdle. Getting guests on is always a hurdle. And to this day, it's still like hard. Like, like we got Hamish Blake and Andy Lee on and they get 20 requests a week. I found out from their producer for podcasts and for radio and stuff, right? And the only way we did it was that I got a job at the company they work for as a video producer. They needed help on certain video because their, their video guy was needed two cameras. I met them. I sort of tried to be kind of funny and help, you know, and like get to know them. And it took a year of, of working with them and just, you know, they're, re- they're so nice. Like they're the best guys. And after like, I think eight months, I was in a room with their producer and I went, oh, I do this podcast and it's about random facts and stuff and, you know, coming up with ideas. And I said, it's, you know, one of the ones we did was where did the term the hat trick, where was that invented? Who invented hat trick, right? And as I said it, Hamish walked in and was like, oh, I'll bloody answer that. And he started five minute hilarious diatribe about the hat trick was back in the day, you'd have to make three hats for someone and those hats would be sold for bloody a million bucks. And if you were the hat maker, you'd be the king of the town. And then he's like, why are we talking about hat trick? And I'm like, well... I do a podcast uh, <laughs> and, he goes, and I pitched it to him and he's like, yeah, I'll come on. And then Andy said he'd come on. And, and then even then that took another two months before they had like one hour free and they both came on and were just so great. So um, getting guests is hard. And it's, it's like, I'm constantly being like, that guy's over there. We should go and talk, you know, hit him up and then get his, contact him and stuff. So there's just, there's lots of hurdles. Um, and I think now the hurdles are there's less of them because we're, well, I say there's less of them. We're not making money out of the show or anything. It's not like we've kind of not really, we haven't really bothered with sponsors at the moment because we don't, we have full-time jobs. Money isn't, you know, it's not, money's not an option, not, a, not, a, not an issue, but it's like, I don't think it's worth it yet. We've just been told that our podcast is going to go to the US podcast one channel as well, which is huge for us. And now that means that the US market will bump our numbers up even more. So yeah, lots of hurdles, editing, finding time to edit it, all that stuff. How do you find your audience? And then the second half of the question is, how do you grow your audience? Yeah. Finding our audience, we actually went to like forums. Like we went to Reddit, for example, and people were asking for interesting fact podcasts. And we posted as anonymous people being like... You should try this podcast. You growth hacked it. We growth hacked it a little bit. (laughs) And that actually did help. A lot of people said they found it through Reddit, which was cool. Um, uh, That was one way. In the early days, we tweeted a lot of people. We tweeted pod and family is the hashtag that you can use on Twitter. They're awesome. That that like whole community is awesome, but you've really got to engage them as well. And they'll like if you retweet a bunch of people's stuff, they'll retweet yours. You you start the conversation, then they'll converse back. If you just go in there and go hashtag pod and family, no one does anything, which is totally fair. Early on, we found audience in that we would actually have conversations on Twitter with people, and we would find interesting podcasts or other people that were in this field talk with them for a little bit and then just be like, what about this? What about that? And we actually did find that that helped people. There's a podcast in the US that talked about our show and then we talked about theirs and stuff. And I would honestly wish we could keep doing that, but I'm just, I just have no time anymore. And I, it's, it's a bit of a sad thing for me and that like the show's doing well, but I just can't put any more time into making it any better. Cause I think doing one a week would be great instead of a fortnight, you know, building our Twitter audience would be great too. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Instead of just doing a big broadcast message and saying, Hey, shouting out from the rooftops. Hey, we've got a podcast. Everyone listen. You're actually engaging with the community. You're Correct. finding people and it's actually more one-on-one stuff than, you know, one to many. That, and I think also some publications, you know, if you want to tweet to pedestrian TV or junkie or any, you know, any of these places, 
places with an interesting take on why your podcast is cool. Just be like, hey guys, we heard the thing that you did. It's kind of like the thing that we did. Or we talked about you in our podcast. Take a listen. Personalization is the only way. Never anything has happened from us being like, just listen to this thing that that everybody is doing. One more thing we did do, uh, I want to say, is that we did some video content. And we, we were like, okay, how do we, our show's like got this kind of fun trivia angle, this fact angle. How do we then turn it into a video? And we didn't want to do like film for 20 minutes and then just cut it into like a video piece because who cares? No one watches that on, on, on anything really. So we kind of brainstormed. We actually sat in a room and said, what would we do if we were just going to make this into a, like a one minute Facebook video? And we came up with a game and it was just called the We Fact Up game where basically I would pick a topic Donald Trump and I would have 10 maybe 7 10 questions and I'd uh, quick fire ask them to read and he'd have to answer just off the top of his head so it's kind of like the, the show but a really short fast version of it and we did those videos and put them online and a few people shared them and they got like 50,000 60,000 views each and we were like this is cool and that got that got us our Facebook page went up listeners went up um, you know it just started to engage a community in a way that we didn't expect and again I'd love to be able to do more videos but it just time is a, is a, is a bummer at the moment that we can't do it one day but that's another way to do it create videos that are shareable and fun and or not fun if the if podcast isn't fun if it's true crime don't make it fun but um, videos that maybe are additions to your podcast, but not the. I would never recommend just turning the podcast into a video. I don't think anyone really watches. Well, them, no, so. no one wants to listen to twenty minutes of audio on Facebook, right? I don't um, think so. Maybe, but if, maybe if you're Mark Maron or something, but I don't think for us. I think for us, you got to find a different approach. But if I see the if I see like a video on on a social network, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, if it's longer than like more than a two as the first digit, it's like yeah, nah, see you later. Yeah, like, no, you're right. I just won't even start it if it's like five minutes or more I'm just not watching that um, and it could be the greatest thing in the world that's going to make me millions of dollars but just yeah I just won't commit like uh, I think attention spans are just so short we can't commit to anything that's longer than you know two-ish minutes yes I agree uh, all right so we're going to throw it to the audience uh, if you guys have any questions I will bring the microphone over hello hi thanks for your talk um, no problem I want to know you. how much do you interact with your audience like do they ever drive content? Do they actually come up with ideas? And also, have you thought about having an event with your listenership somewhere, like Great. a live yeah. event? Yeah, both very good questions. Both things we well, – yeah, okay, I'll answer them. One, <clears throat> we solicit for questions. So we say to our audience, send us in your questions. We want to know what you think, like your um, – you know, your weird and wonderful questions, we're going to try to answer them, right? And we do get a lot of questions sent in. Like a lot of what we do is, is questions for the audience. And then sometimes you just get random people sending crazy stuff in, but we also read those out on the show. So definitely, yeah, that engagement's really good. We've had people be like, I love the show. Um, one guy wrote in at like one in the morning being like, guys, I love the show. This is so great. I got some questions. How do you survive a bear attack? How do you survive falling off a cliff? How do you survive a lightning strike? And, and it was amazing content because we were just like, what is going on in this guy's life at one in the morning that he's running from a bear whilst falling off a cliff being struck by lightning? So, yeah, definitely. Um, we That's a big part of our show. We've tried a few things like competitions. Draw. Uh, we had one where it's like draw some stuff and no one wrote in and we were just like, all right, no one like, none, our audience doesn't like drawing. But yeah, every episode we ask for questions and we do get stuff sent in. That's one question. What was the other? An event. We've we've talked a lot about a live event and I reckon it'd be awesome. Um, I love doing trivia as we talked about earlier. And I think a trivia night that's kind of got a bit of fun to it would be great. 
it's honestly just comes back to our time and you know like comedy uh fringe festival we we were like let's do a show let's do this and i'd love it it's just uh, one day i think we'll do it it's just that every time i think about it, i'm like oh i've just got i've got a job <laughs> you know um yeah comparing the australian podcasting scene with the american one do you see that it's going to reach up to that level or is it like still going to remain small? Is it potential to grow? I don't think we should compare ourselves to the States. I think we should assume that we can get a good size, decent audience, even, even with a niche market. I mean, there's a lot of shows that still get good audiences in Australia if, you know, if they're good. Um, you got shows like Science Versus, which, which was ABC and got picked up by Gimlet, you know, and that got huge numbers here and America found it. And then, you know, so... No, and funnily enough now, oh, this is something I wanted to say earlier too actually, is that when I went into We Fact Up, it was never to like, that's going to be our show where we make money and that's our thing. It was always like, I want to learn about podcasting. And part of it was because I was like, I think there might be some jobs out there in the future for podcasting, right? Like it's growing. It seems like a, a market that could actually, not as a producer, you know, as someone behind the scenes. And weirdly enough, so what we started two years ago, uh, through weird things that just happened, I basically, this job that I took at Southern Cross Stereo, um, as of like three weeks ago, I'm officially now podcast producer of like three other shows. And so for me, it was like, there is a market for it in Australia in a multitude of different ways. I mean, there's a job going at Audible in Sydney right now for a producer, a podcast producer. So there's going to be more jobs going and I'd recommend get into it, just start doing, making stuff, working on other people's stuff because in a year, two year, three year time, they're going to say like, we need someone with two years podcast experience. And if you started a podcast two years ago, you know a little bit about how the, the back end works, which is, I highly recommend learning about the back end, CMS, how iTunes um, algorithm works, which is mental. Just getting to know that stuff. Then when it comes time to like, oh, there's a job going, like think about it in Australia, who's working in any paid capacity getting podcasts there's a handful of people i reckon like so if you've got like three years of doing your own podcast plus you did this plus you did that plus you did part-time somewhere all of a sudden you're a lot more attractive to a potential a potential um you know company that's doing podcasting and every company is doing podcasting now as you would know everyone wants to and it'll just grow so don't compare it to a us just we will get there at some point and there'll be jobs and there'll be money and stuff it's a comedy podcast is that correct is yeah is it, we, we say comedy factual do you feel that adds a bit of pressure to be funny if, if it's just informative and mm. not funny mm. does it stay in uh good question we kind of split it into two halves so the first half is supposed to be all funny as funny as it can be with very little information because it's just us talking and there's not much to, we might go like oh that reminds me of this thing that i've learned but even that's not necessarily a fact. It's just a thing that we remember. The second half is more, it can be more factual the way we look at it. Cause James Blake, Martin, our French guy, he, um, he'll read out actual things that he's researched and we'll go like, that's actually fascinating. And then we'll try to make a joke off of the back of it, but we don't, you know, let's make gags kind of podcast. We just, me and red have a relationship, a banter and a friendship. And we hope that people enjoy that, that banter and that friendship and that kind of us, making fun of each other or like me getting confused by what the hell red's thinking like often so yeah i do, i think we we definitely feel a sense of it's not pressure but a sense of like well this the show is funny it's supposed to be funny it's supposed to be entertaining and when it's not we go like well we're not gonna you know let's get rid of that but let's move on and sometimes we'll be halfway through a conversation and we're just like this is dumb let's move on to the next thing and i'll go let's reset 
So the other thing I was thinking, and then I just edit it so it sounds like we talk, talk, talk. So the other thing I was thinking is this. And I think my I feel pretty good about knowing how to start, like just going like, wait, 10 seconds ago, 20 seconds ago, we had this thing. And then I think if I am with this tone, anyway, so that, you know, and then you know in your head how the edit's going to sound, which is another reason why you probably should edit yourself because you, you'll learn that stuff more. The times we felt pressure is when we get a guest on, a, a big guest, someone we know, and we're like, well, we're nervous to meet this person. And then we, we sometimes clam up a little bit because it's, it's intimidating when there's like, yeah, Hamish Blake was, he's, he's so funny, but we were like, it's Hamish Blake. So no pressure, just trying to make sure we do the right job. And probably just the second part, which is how do you manage each other? Because if one of you is tired, you're probably not going to be that funny. Like if, you, if you're That's not a great in the right question. condition, how do you, do you have any strategies or techniques that you use to get, kind of pep each other up or work around it or do you just say just drink a coffee or yeah that's a really good question and we've had that a few times there isn't really a workaround we can sometimes we'll start it and halfway through you go okay this isn't working the workaround that i usually have is let's try to finish this like let me if your head's not feeling good i go let me you know i've got some questions i've got some things of thoughts i've written down let me just finish this episode. It'll be a short episode, but at least we've got a bit of content. You've mentioned it before, and I, I, I don't want to hammer it, but I'm in the position where just trying to find guests, and I was talking to Adam about it, is just a mission, absolute mission. What's your show uh, summary? Dating and relationships. Um, so everyone has them, but um, it's just about, I don't know, maybe I'm just in a slump, but what's your approach? I mean, you need to find someone, mine's fortnightly as well, how do you, what is your approach to finding guests? I mean, do you just blast out to, you know, 10, 20 people and hope a couple oh, come no, back? Oh, never, ever done that. I don't reckon. First step I'd say is like, when I asked you what your podcast is, you said dating and relationships. And I'm like, well, that's, that's a category. Find, like, find, give me the pitch in like a sentence. It's about such and such and such. And I go, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'd like to be on that show. I think it's getting someone excited about, wanting to come on that's a big that's like huge i reckon because as soon as like in ours when we say it's how much would you know without help of the internet you know how much adam how much would you know what if i asked you about hat trick you're like oh maybe you know so i think that's step one is yeah. get it yeah. to that elevator pitch one sentence you know yeah. hook and then you can build on which it. i kind of have sorry i just didn't give it always to be the selling the podcast oh, abc always, always be, be pitching. selling always be pitching yeah okay so let's assume you've got that there's no easy answer but it's basically just Find the people you want to go and talk to. Give them a call. Give them a personal text. I think of it almost like, and this just popped in my head, it's like when I, I when you organize a party, if you do a Facebook group, you'll probably get like 20%. If you mm. text them all individually and say, hey, Melissa, I haven't seen you for ages. I really would love it if you come to my party. It's a, this yeah. thing. It takes an extra, what, maybe 10 minutes to do that as opposed to a group. They go like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'd love to come. You know, it's the same thing. It's make the person feel like you actually want them and their opinion and their view. Blow some smoke, you know, tell them they're great and be honest. Like I really like, you know, I remember you told me this story a while ago and I'd love your opinion, your views. Just don't be afraid to be complimentary and say like, we, I'd like you on because I think you offer a, a, a valued voice to this opinion. If you were to rewind the tape and start from the beginning... What would you do differently? Sometimes we get feedback that they wish the show would just talk about the fact. Abracadabra, where did that originate? They wish that we would just go like, this is where Abracadabra originated and let's discuss that because they want to know the fact, right? And whilst I understand that premise, like there are shows that do that and ours is an original idea. So sometimes I think maybe we would do something like that where we'd bring facts up the front. We are now playing around with 
bringing up random facts at this front, like fast fact round questions that didn't quite make it to full episodes. So maybe we would do that early on. It's all stuff I would do differently if I had the ability, you know, you kind of go like, I would love to just have someone on Twitter all the time, just talking to people and, and, and trying to get people engaged and asking questions and, you know, really building a community and a dialogue to say I'd do it differently. I don't know. Cause it's the same issue is that I just don't have the, I wouldn't, I still wouldn't have the time. Maybe, maybe what I would do is ask if we could get an intern, you know, like early on, just be like, does anyone want to help with this show? And just say like, this is your job now, which is something we've never really done. Yeah. Maybe, maybe put the call out to see who, if we could get help. Um, well, that's a good question. I, I don't know. Cause I guess if we do it differently, we just would have, we just do it now. All right. Well, so that concludes the formal proceedings for tonight. Can we all give a big hand to Dave? Thanks for having, thanks for letting me talk guys. I appreciate it. <laughs>